Hi, Peter Marshall here, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Bulletin from NBC News. In downtown Dallas, President Kennedy was shot today just as his motorcade left. Ed Robertson, welcome to this week's edition of TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Then we'll welcome back our friend Ruta Lee in our second hour. Ruta Lee, one of the grand dames of Hollywood. Ruta's career in movies and television spans more than six decades, including the screen versions of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and Witness for the Prosecution, two films that are still considered among the very best motion pictures ever made. While many of you also know know Ruta for her many appearances on such classic TV shows as The Twilight Zone, The Lucy Show, The Andy Griffith Show, Murder, She Wrote, and Perry Mason. Ruta was recently honored by both the current president of Lithuania and the former president of Lithuania in recognition for her lifelong advocacy for the advancement of Lithuania and its people. We'll ask her about that. She'll also share a few memories of her showbiz career, including the story of how she got her first house with the help of Darren McGavin. Ruta Lee will join us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, this coming Wednesday, November 22nd, marks the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, a seminal moment in the history of the United States in general and in the lives of baby boomers in general, and a seminal moment in the history of network television news. With that in mind, we will begin our first hour by bringing you an encore presentation of a special edition of TV Confidential that originally aired on November 13, 2013, that was devoted in its entirety to how network television covered the assassination of John F. Kennedy and the events that followed over the course of the next three days, and how TV news as we know it forever changed as a result. For example, prior to November 22, 1963, there was no such thing as breaking news coverage, Not certainly not as we know it today. Uh, while there was some form of expanded live network news coverage, that was usually limited to planned events like uh, political conventions, like election night coverage, or the inauguration ceremony. That all changed, folks beginning at approximately 1.45 p.m. Eastern Time on November 22, 1963, as all three television networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS, were caught off guard along with the rest of the country as they scrambled to cover the news of JFK's murder as the events unfolded. While many of us think of the iconic moment when CBS news anchor Walter Cronkite briefly lost his composure when he announced the death of President John F. Kennedy. There were several moments on NBC television that were also significant, one of which was the news bulletin reporting the assassination of John F. Kennedy, which was read on the air by NBC announcer Don Pardo. But because of the shocking and unexpected nature of the story, not to mention the technological limitations of television broadcasting at the time, which we'll talk about in just a second. NBC did not have any recording of the Don Pardo bulletins, nor did they have any recording of the first four minutes of its network news coverage in general. As a matter of fact, for more than 25 years, NBC assumed that moment in history was simply lost until they discovered that one man in Brooklyn, New York, happened to have the presence of mind to tape that moment on his own. That man, as I'm sure you've guessed by now, is our friend 
Phil Grice. And he will be sharing that lost footage with you tonight as part of the Sounds of Lost Television. Phil, I know this is a very special night for you. Thank you for joining us. Oh, really, my pleasure. Um, we've done 25, 30 uh, programs in the past, but uh, this one uh, is of particular interest because I, I consider it the pearl of my entire archive, as you say, seminal. It uh, represents what lost television is all about in terms of saving at least the broadcast record on audio. And it was being in the right place at the right time for yours truly, recording something that... Um, you know, this is a hard fact to uh, even reckon with, but 96% of the American public watched and listened to almost four days of coverage of what was broadcast after John F. Kennedy, our president, was shot in Dallas on Friday, November 22nd, 1963. And we're looking at 40 and a half million television sets. And to have recorded something that no one else ever recorded, including NBC, who broadcast the original bulletins by Don Pardo and the first three minutes and 53 seconds of coverage by Bill Ryan and Chad Hartley, Frank McGee, still boggles my mind to this day. I cannot believe that anything today would escape recording by everyone. We're in a whole different world, a whole digital society that has recording devices on uh, iPads, iPhones, smartphones. Five-year-olds are recording things that actually state that I recorded something related to a presidential assassination broadcast on network television that only I recorded is still mind-boggling. And it really is a representation of... Uh, my archive in terms of the pearl. And we're, we're going to talk about that pearl in just a second. But first, uh, before I forget, also here with us tonight are Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen. They'll be joining forces with Phil tonight as we merge the sounds of lost television with This Week in TV History. Yeah, this is going to be uh, rather unique. This is the first time I've actually had a chance to do anything with Phil, so I'm very, very thrilled about this. Well, not, not like true, not true. You see how our memories <laughs> fade when we get to be... 35. We, we did the Jack Parr thing together. Oh, that's right. That's, oh, well, that's Phil, right. I did remember. Okay. Yes. There, there it's you go. Nice, nice to be with you again. Same here, Donna. <laughs> well, Tony may not have remembered the last time we had <laughs> Phil on the program, but I do, I do know this is, this is the first time that I can think of that we're devoting an entire program to one segment and we're we're doing this not only because as we mentioned we have a lot of baby boomers among our listening audience tonight they remember where they were when they found out the news that john f kennedy was assassinated but in the case of you phil as you just alluded not only was this a very significant personal moment for you but as we just as in a lot of respects it is the moment that led to the creation of what eventually became known as archival television audio. Oh, it's symbolic. It's symbolic of what the archive represents and uh, what my passion has been, and that is to uh, at least save what uh, the networks and local stations did not, at least being uh, at home with a tape recorder, direct line, good quality, sound uh, reproductions of programs that now, in retrospect, 
become very valued, and at the time, I had no clue that that would be the case, but I did it out of love, and uh, it now becomes um, more valued, because we know how much was not saved uh, during the 50s and 60s and early 70s. Now, if I remember correctly, uh, on our very first Sounds of Lost television back in 2011, you kind of gave a thumbnail version of how from a very young age you were always interested in television and preserving television as part of your own collection. That explains how you happened to be home on the afternoon of November 22, 1963. You were watching a news program that happened to be on the local NBC affiliate in Brooklyn, New York, WNBC. You had the television set on and then you, you you stepped out of the room, and then, then you realized what was going on. What triggered you, for lack of a better word, to start recording? Initially? Yes. Uh, you're talking about on November 22nd? Yes. All right, I'll preface it by saying I had a TV guide in front of me from November 22nd, 1963. James Franciscus and Dean Jagger of Mr. Novak on the cover. And when I open up to Friday, November 22nd, is an original New York edition Metropolitan TV Guide, I realized that um, from 12.15, Memory Lane was live. That's a Joe Franklin show on yeah. WOR. And the other live program, most programs, except for some quiz shows earlier, were not live. The live program that I was taping... From 1 p.m. to 1.30 was a program called Tell Us More, Conrad Nagel hosting. The lives of Fred Allen and Jack Benny were featured that day. You look at TV Guide, in parentheses live. So I'm taping this show because I taped about 100 of those shows in the brief six-month history of that series, and it was the biography of the day, except that it was live and they showed still photos. And they had a couple of people in the studio uh, give anecdotes, their personal anecdotes about the celebrities that uh, were being profiled. I go off in terms of shutting down my tape recorder at 1.30. Historically, at 1.30, President Kennedy was, was shot. That was the time he was actually shot, where three bullets are fired. And at that time... The network continues to roll with their next program. On NBC, we had Bachelor Father, which was a rerun of a series from years prior. Right, John Forsyth. Yeah. Right, with John Forsythe. And as we know, as the world turns, was on CBS, and that was the moment where uh, that was live, and Cronkite uh, comes on the air with the first bulletin. Again, no picture, just the placard card uh, at 140. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. On, uh, just for the record, on WNEW, Channel 5, there was a movie, The Man in the Trunk, at 1.30. On Channel 7, which is significant because there are some audio checks and kinescopes of the third bulletin that ABC broadcast, and they beat NBC. In fact, NBC was the third uh, station to come on with any kind of bulletin. CBS first. What, at 140, 142, ABC, and at 145.03, Don Pardo, NBC. So ABC had a rerun of the Ann Southern show. You are very 
very few people really watching TV on a Friday at 1.30 in the afternoon. What makes it really incredulous to me is I would not have been taping uh, any television if it wasn't for that Tell Us More episode. So in a way, that was the catalyst that um, actually allowed me to be home taping. I was home regardless, but I would not have had that TV on. And um, in the interim, I did not shut off the television. And um, I did go into my kitchen. I made a sandwich. At that time, I uh, was preparing to uh, go to my um, twilight class at CCNY. Uh, I was an evening student at that time. And uh, again, it was uh, fortuitous. I walked into the living room, my television, the original Andrea 16-inch set that our family had bought in 1949, June 49, and there was NBC bulletin. That's what I was looking at, with no sound. And I'm saying, wow, another bulletin, because I was always fascinated with breaking news. And I have a number of breaking news bulletins that really are very special because they were never never kept by the networks or local stations. So I want to record this. I zip over to my webcore stereophonic quarter-inch two-track tape recorder, and just like it took 11 minutes for a camera, a studio camera, to get hot, and that's why you didn't see a live picture of Crankite on CBS Ryan Cochran on ABC, or anyone, Bill Ryan, Frank McGee, Chet Huntley on NBC, it took 11 minutes to heat up a camera to get any kind of visual. So what goes on is a placket card, NBC bulletin, and I immediately pressed record, and I just was able to get the beginning of the first bulletin that Don Pardo announced which was local. It was not the National Bulletin. That came second. All right, so just to get the sequence right, Pardo was not the first national network to report the death of JFK, but what was significant is that NBC had no record of its opening news coverage because it took yeah. 11 minutes for the cameras to work. Correct. That, that, that is uh, exactly why the rarity of, of, of that particular audio air check uh, continues to be something that I'm very, very proud about. And also the first two bulletins on ABC seem to be lost. Okay, well... If, it's another story, but... Uh, well, that, that, that's another story, and if you had, I'm sure if you had two TVs going on at the same time, you would have uh, recorded both Nobody had two TVs no. back in 1963. <laughs> Certainly not in November 1963. And, and just for clarification, we're talking... And, and just think, I'm going to rehash this. Think about... The odds of someone being home at 1.45 Eastern Standard Time on a Friday, if you were a working person, you'd be at work. Yeah. If you were a young person, you'd be at... If you were sick, or if you were a housewife, or someone who was home, and you happened to be with the television, NBC were you watching Bachelor Father. And if you were watching Bachelor Father, would you have a tape recorder attached to your TV? And if you did have a tape recorder, would you be um, with the uh, immediacy of turning that on and getting the first bulletin? That's what makes it so incredible, because that, that first bulletin was only 27 seconds. So it would be about 1.30 on the East Coast, or it would have been 10.30 on 10 the, on here on the, the West, West Coast. Coast. Right. 
And uh, Dallas would be Central Time, right? Dallas would have been Central Time, yes. So, okay. so we would have had that. And all you would have seen is the card with the logo for the news bulletin. Right. So, and Correct. Unfortunately, there was no video to be lost at that time uh, when they kept it. But the card system was still going on until the 70s. Very much so. And it was, you know, I remember as a kid later on, this stuff would be scary when those cards would interrupt the show. Yeah. Yes. You know, exactly, you... and that's what always fascinated me about wanting to audio tape anything that started with a bulletin card. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item. Our friends at Coda Life offer group sound bath meditations once a month at the Women's Club of South Pasadena. A sound bath is a deeply immersive experience that uses sound waves generated from music and instruments in an intentional flow to create deliberate relaxation that produces renewal and recovery, both for the central nervous system and the energetic body. For more information, go to kotalife.com, C-O-T-A-L-I-F-E, kotalife.com, or at kotalifegoddess on Instagram. Hi, this is Titus Welliver. You're listening to TV Confidential. Phil, we talked about how you happened to be at the right place at the right time at the afternoon of November 22nd, 1963, which enabled you to record NBC's coverage for your own personal collection. And you alluded to the fact that because it took 11 minutes for the network cameras to warm up, NBC did not have the first few minutes of their own coverage. And for many years, they assumed that that coverage was lost. When did you realize that you had something that NBC didn't have? I realized that in uh, 1987. In 1987, I uh, visited the, uh, at that time it was called the Museum of Broadcasting in New York, later changed its name to the Museum of Television and Radio, and then later changed its name to currently the Paley Center for Media. And I was just curious, you know, what do I have, because I started looking at my uh, tapes, what do I have that might be um, special and not uh, at the museum? And at the time, it's ironic, at the time in 1987, the Museum of Broadcasting, currently the Paley Center for Media, had less of an inventory than I have now. Subsequently, <laughs> it's grown. They have approximately eighty to 100,000 titles. But at the time, they had about 20,000, 25,000 titles. And I started looking at the titles, and certainly the JFK assassination bulletins and those first minutes were paramount in my mind, and they did not have them. So I checked further. The Library of Congress, they did not have it. Uh, UCLA, they did not have it. And then I'm realizing that there were other audio air checks that seemed to be very peerless that I audio recorded, not video, but audio recorded at least a broadcast representation of a program that was telecast that seemingly is lost erased, unknown. That's when I really started to become more motivated in terms of uh, what to do with my uh, archive and tapes. Right, because in the meantime, you know, the 10, 15 years prior to that, you're busy, you know, with your career as a director of photography. Well, after I had left New York in 1966, January 66, I left my home in Brooklyn. I became a graduate student at UCLA uh, in theater arts, film production, 
And from that point on, I, I, I stopped. I stopped recording. Right. Uh, I um, came back to New York in the uh, summer of 67, and um, I taught in Harlem Elementary School from 67 through 70, and while I was back in New York, I briefly started to resurrect that habit, and I started recording again, specifically in 68, 69. And then I, I literally, except for an exceptional one time here and one time there, did not have that same motivation to record any longer. So during those years, post-1970, uh, my life took off in terms of my profession, which has been uh, primarily a documentary cameraman, and uh, I put all of the recording aspect of my interest on the back burner. You're listening to an encore presentation of a special edition of the Sounds of Lost Television featuring Phil Grice, Tony Figueroa, and Donna Allen, in which we took a look at how network television news covered the assassination of President John F. Kennedy on November 22, 1963, and the events that followed over the course of the next three days, how network television news changed as a result of TV coverage of the JFK assassination, and how in many ways Phil's recording of the missing first four minutes of NBC's TV coverage of the breaking news of JFK's assassination that day and his realization in 1987 that he was the only person who had recorded those first four minutes spurred his interest in archiving rarely heard audio from the first 25 years of television. We take a quick time out, then Phil will play some highlights from his audio archive from November 22nd, 1963. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.